0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And Justin is traveling on our airplane today. He's flying s- back from California. Hey, Justin. Typical. It's
1: hard because we switch the times and days we do mm-hmm. our show, so it's hard for him to right. keep track. It's not like it's been the same for years and years and years. 15 years, yeah. Yeah, so it's tough to schedule around, so it's understandable. Uh,
0: to be fair, to be fair, sometimes we did it at 8 p.m., Sometimes we did it at seven thirty PM. Now we do it at seven P. M. for the past year or so. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh,
1: okay, all right. Yeah. I thought you were gonna to say to be fair, he's he's literally working. It's his job and he has sure. to you know.
0: Well listen, I am very excited that we're doing this at seven PM tonight because of course, as everybody knows, this is the debate. The official presidential debate pre show. We're, we're going to be getting into it. We're, we're going to be know, talking what? about all the issues. Let's kick it off talking about healthcare. What's your take, Peter? What are oh, your, my <laughs> God. I, I was hoping you were going to say Hellblazer and not healthcare. What's the difference?
1: Oh, hey.
0: John Constantine, please save us. <laughs> I'd vote for him. I mean, yeah. he's English, so he couldn't run, yeah, but. He can't, yeah. But it's fine. He'd probably bring back smoking in public places. Let's
2: be honest.
1: Well, I mean, real uh, realistically, you know, it's, there's other things going on tonight as well. It's not just you know that. You know, it's... A- Mike Bedecki says that means you guys would have to release your tax
0: returns. I'll tell you what. I definitely paid more than seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, tax, I got no, so, problem. no problem after
1: that asshole. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: listen. Uh, we have from political animals to other animals. We have some great guess for you all tonight. Uh, co- totally coincidentally, two animal-themed Kickstarters uh, are going
1: to try to... that's treadle- why you have uh, two uh, owls fucking in the background, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? you Those got are- two owls just getting it on behind They're you, not though. fucking in the background, buddy. It seems like maybe they're slow fucking. Oh. Alright. Uh...
0: <laughs> Well, they're in love with that, I guess. Uh, We're going to invite the first uh, bunch of guests. I believe they're on the same stream, though. We'll certainly find out in a second. Uh, Christina Roswell and Alec McLeod are the creators of Woodland Creatures. Hello! Hey, Uh, Hey, everyone. Welcome to the stream. Uh, For video reasons, let's have both of you just shove your heads together so everybody can see you. (laughs) There we go. Oh, Oh, no. made have fun
1: head, Salvin. Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I, I got to thank both of you for two reasons for coming on the stream. Beyond the fact that, of course, we're excited to have you here. Uh, first of all, you're in the UK, so it's midnight your time right now. Yeah. Yep. And up. second of all, it is like the final hours of your Kickstarter that you're jumping on the stream here.
3: Yeah, we have how many hours left? 40 it's like forty-four hours left or something like that. Now, oh, wow. Um, yeah. We're literally
1: getting it down to the wire. 42 hours left. 42 hours. Wow, it's going fast. Two hours just went by like that.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, we're we're having a great time chatting, so it's all good. (laughs) Uh, Thank you again, both of you, for coming on. Uh, In case anybody missed... The title of the book in my talking about time zones and things. Woodland Creatures is the name. This is the second volume. It's on Kickstarter right now. And I believe you're successful, right? You've passed your goal. Yep. Obviously, you're going to want some more, uh, but you just passed it. So the project's going to be done. That's going to yep. feel good, right? Oh,
3: amazing. <laughs> it's such a relief. Um, so this is our second Kickstarter that we did. Uh, we did volume one last year. And volume one, we, we completed the campaign with four days left. This wow. time, we were successfully funded inside of four days. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. It means it's been a little bit more relaxing this time around. We haven't had as much stress. <laughs> For you. <don't> you? <laughs> the
4: look oh. that you
1: just got was really yeah, impressive.
4: just sit and wait to see the places coming. I'm just, I'm promoting, you know, 24 hours, pretty much.
3: yeah, yes. <laughs> but the difference is that if we go four hours without a pledge coming in, it's it's not the end of the world. We're already successfully funded.
4: For you! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, uh,
0: no, 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 no. let's actually talk about this for uh, people who aren't familiar with the project. What are your specific jobs on woodling Creatures, and how do you work together on it?
3: So... This lady here is the creator and chief editor, so she wrote the original paperback novel, which is based on uh, I'm her partner, and I'm dragged in on the PR side. It's <laughs> 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 yes, because he oh. loves
4: talking so much. <laughs> I love writing. He loves talking, so perfect, oh, <laughs> a perfect nice. match. perfect but, match. Oh.
3: But my day-to-day job is I work in the tourism industry, so oh, okay. I talk to people from 9 till 5. So Christina basically decided, well, you do it for a job anyway. You
1: could do that on every time. So. Right. A little bit more talking. Yeah, but, uh, it's like
0: when you're a chef, right? And every, you get home at the end of a long day in the kitchen, they're like, make me dinner. dinner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and make Feels it amazing. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, and Woodland Creatures itself, so as mentioned, entering the second volume, it's... You're going to describe it better than I am, but it's kind of like a a werewolf, supernatural, romance, thriller, all of those elements. What's the specific pitch for the book? So,
3: um,
0: Yeah. So
3: we, we actually recently thought up of another cool description of it, which I think is brilliant. It's basically what is Red Riding Hood, if she was a sociopath, mind linked to a wolf. (laughs) okay Okay. all right um so basically our story is around um it's a werewolf story but not as people know werewolves so instead of being the very typical person turning into wolf on the full moon which let's face it been done absolute bloody death by now uh we have a person with a wolf soulmate, and they are able to mentally transfer their consciousness to take control of the wolf that way Mm. um so our story revolves around two key characters. We've got Callie and Christopher. Callie is uh, the sociopath of Ed Riding Hood. Um, she is a basically... a good way to describe her. Yeah, she's just absolutely, honestly, batshit insane. It's about the only way I can describe her. Um, she likes nothing better than going out and hunting humans. That's, right. that's she's very favorite. in
1: touch with her wolf side.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um alongside her you've got christopher now christopher's a few years older than her uh, so his maturity does shine through a lot in in the novel um but he's a military veteran and he's come out of the army suffering from ptsd um so he's pretty much tired now of constantly cleaning up after Callie and (laughs) trying to keep everything safe so our story is how do these two characters deal with their own individual problems How do they deal with the explosive relationship, which is them being together? And then are they able to put those problems to one side when the top brass of the U.S. military find out about these werewolves and decides they want to weaponize them?
0: Mm. Well, uh, so coming into the second volume here, what do you think you learned from having that first successful Kickstarter, which... Clearly, you applied. Uh, I would say in the right way. If uh, basically those numbers were reser- reversed from four days left to yep. doing it in four days. So, so what was the big lesson? What was the big takeaway from the first round to the second?
4: Uh, well, on the first on the first Kickstarter, we had all the promotion that we were able to do on Comic Cons, mm-hmm. and obviously this year we didn't have that. <laughs> so I was. Well, we were a bit scared that it was going, it wasn't going to be successful. In fact, it was meant to be uh, launched in May. In May, but I was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know if if I should just wait or not." So I decided to wait. Um, but basically, I didn't know if without the promotion of Comic Cons, we were going to manage it. So basically, I learned that promotion online is very, very, very important. <laughs> and that uh, you pretty much have to be everywhere you can. So I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and um, everywhere. I and mean, WhatsApp as well, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> so I'm everywhere. And I've just been building the, I mean, the community that I already started building with Volume 1, I just kept building onto it and just updating pre- people through the updates from the first Kickstarter. And then just promotion, promotion, and more promotion everywhere. I mean you probably ask someone they are fed up with wool and creatures by now <laughs> but at the same time i think it worked because people know about us and they have gone and backed the project so that's the lesson you just need to promote the hell out of it <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice well i i gotta say we got to read a, a little bit in advance and uh, volume two and This is very much in my wheelhouse of things that I love. It's black and white. It's about Mm -hmm. wolves. There's a ton of action. Um, (laughs) I really, really love this book. I really thought it was amazing. The storytelling, the art, uh, I was very impressed. The story really moves. Um, You know, I I was a little disappointed at how dicks the Americans were, but it was kind of typical American. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but man, what a, a. a great story and the art really delivers it in such a great way. And it really kind of sucks you into this world. I was really impressed.
3: Yeah. The thing we're incredibly lucky with our artist. Uh, we're working with an Argentinian gentleman by the name of Thomas Ira, uh, who's worked for the likes of dark horse as mm-hmm. well. So he's a, he's a well-known name and the skill which he's able to translate to our comic is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Every page which he sends through to us takes our breath our breath away. We look at it and just go, oh, my God, wow. I can't <laughs> believe this is actually." Every page seems to be better than the last one. And every page we get, we go, he can't beat this. This is the <laughs> best one. He can't get better than this. And then, and then he up. does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're so lucky. And I think something which you touched on there, which we found to be almost a little bit divisive is, the fact that we've gone for a black and white comic, mm-hmm. um, lots of people we've had say that they would really like it in color, mm-hmm. but I don't think our I don't think our story works in color. I think the the black and white,
1: yeah. uh, especially with the color, it would attract too much. Yeah, especially with the wolves and the and the and the fur and the way that the like color is also like how dark and light it. It's really great. It's, yeah the shading and it helps with the action, especially when they're in the woods and stuff. It's yeah. really amazing, yeah um, I'm glad you stood by that and didn't let <laughs> people tell you that, oh, you know what would make this better if it was in color no, yeah
3: yeah, so certainly we didn't actually get Tomas to color a couple pages for us just to just to compare
1: mm-hmm.
3: and the coloring was nice, but it detracted from the story, yeah you know when when you had the colors, they were nice and vibrant, but suddenly it wasn't as impactful as it was in black and white. So yeah, I think we took the, the slightly obscure
1: route and decided to go for the black and white. Well, yeah. The tone of it really helps with the story.
2: It's great. Uh,
0: One thing that I think uh, is tricky about a Kickstarter that makes its goal with a couple of days left is people are like, great, they're done, they're good. But obviously, you're not done. You still have a ways to go. Um, For anybody who might be thinking about still doing the Kickstarter, uh, what can they look forward to? What are the different levels? What might they be interested in? And what's the idea of the project going forward?
3: Well, it's actually good that you said that because... Uh, This is a little shout out to the people watching. We are at the moment uh, literally 15 pounds away from unlocking our third stretch goal. Mm, uh, If people want to help us unlock that third stretch goal, come on and come on and pledge. Um, So we do obviously have the different tiers and rewards that we have for our comic. And um, we've got things like just the PDF version, of Volume 2 if that's all you're interested in Um, and it goes all the way up to actually be mentioned as a producer in the the printed copy and you'll get two copies of Volume 2, one printed copy of Volume 1, three art prints, with the stretch goals. it's now a magnet as well um, and extra pages and if this third stretch goal is unlocked it'll be a unique zipper pull as well so something which Mm -hmm. you can pop in your bag with a nice with a nice picture of one of our wolves on it cool um so yeah there's lots of different tiers and basically whatever people want from from the rewards we kind of got something there and you know we can tailor them to what people would like as well so if people want to get a couple of our unique prints that we've got that's an option there as well
0: we cool. uh, we got a question here in the comments that I'm not quite sure I get, uh, but for, I'll ask anyway. Mike Badeke says, are the weaponized werewolves effective against drones?
4: <laughs>
0: uh, it's not something that they're gonna come up against,
3: but <laughs> I mean the whole the whole thing that these weaponized wolves are for is um a different style of technology. So it's uh Honestly, to quote Jurassic World... Ah,
0: yeah! Yep. And, and when <laughs> aren't we?
3: That, that scene where... Um, oh, God, I can't remember the bad guy's name. Not Dr. Wu. The big fat guy. <laughs> um, Ned- right,
4: right, okay. right, Nedry?
3: When says, no, in Jurassic World. Oh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. Okay. Um, when he says that as the moment a, a real war breaks out, all this fancy tech is going to go dark. Um, it's kind of the same, but the government's looking for ways of having creatures on the ground that aren't reliant on technology. So it's unlikely that they'll ever come up against drones, but they're wolves. So, got to be honest, I don't think I any surveillance here. drone stands a chance against them unless it gets <laughs> up high. <laughs> uh,
0: at this point, I know it's a little early, but do you have any plans for Woodland Creatures Volume 3? Yes.
4: Yep. Nice. Yeah, Not
0: earlier <laughs> then, actually. Yeah. That's, it was always our plan.
3: So our idea was to do three volumes of a complete story. So it's based on a printed works by Christina. Christina's already written a novel. We've got it in print mm-hmm. now. Um, and we wanted the whole story to be put into graphic novel form. We, when we started this, we didn't know how successful we were going to be. And it is a risk, which people have. You don't know whether you're going to kind of publish uh, like one or two volumes and then find that nobody's actually interested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to do like 100 volumes, only to find that by volume 25, people are not interested and the story dies there. Mm -hmm. So we decided instead to do three graphic novels, Full story in that even if people weren't overly interested in, we would have the money to kind of put that all together and get the whole story in graphic novel form. And as it is, it's kind of gone the other way. More and more people are interested in it. So it's going the way we hoped it would. Hoskins, there we go. Thank you Kevin for the mention. Yes. good with you guys then. Hoskins, thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: amazing. Uh, before we let you go, just to clarify one thing for anybody who might be interested in checking out the Kickstarter. I believe if you search for Woodland Creatures, both of them will both volumes will come up on mm-hmm. Kickstarter yeah. right now. So you got to look for Woodland Creatures Volume 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, very oh. cool. Both of you, thank Congrats. you so much for hopping on so late. So we appreciate tier. it. Good no luck problem. with the rest of the Kickstarter. Pleasure, thank,
1: you. <laughs> thank you. All right.
0: Have Cheers. a good night. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Cheerio,
1: guys. Bye. All right. There we go. Aww. Once again,
0: Woodland Creatures, Volume 2. Pete, I'm so excited you are excited about it. That's awesome.
1: Oh, man. It was so great. I was so happy to read that.
0: We didn't talk about this, but uh, there's a fair bit of sensuality in it, which
1: isn't usually your you favorite thing. So, uh, not my fave, but it's one of those things where I was like, okay, you know, if they want to get into this a little bit, that's not <laughs> going to completely pull me out of the story. And plus, it's tastefully done, it's not too over the top and weird. You know, yeah, it's, it's not a, t- like it's a t- 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 shoot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's weird because you kind of like froze. So it's like you censored yourself because you were being creepy. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. All right. Listen, let's invite our second uh, creature themed yeah! Kickstarter into the stream. Uh, our next guest is a guy named Steve Arena. He has a book called Slowpokes. I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, it is all about Killer Slaw's. They're so slow, but they're still going to get you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Arita, hello. Hey, how are you? Hey,
2: how are you guys doing?
0: All right. Thanks for hopping <laughs> into the stream. Thanks for joining our uh, definitely on purpose animal yeah. Kickstarter-themed show. We appreciate guys,
2: it. Creature double feature.
0: There you go. <laughs> I nice. yeah,
2: Love it. Love, <laughs> Love the dude. shirt, by the way, bro. Oh, Thank you. Go Yankees. Yeah, um, man. Game I, one, yeah. let's oh,
0: do I this. Is that happening right now? I'm not familiar with sports. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for taking time out of that. Pete, you had to be here there anyway, so I'm not going to thank you. All right. Uh, but, Steve, let's talk about Slowpokes. This is some gory, bloody fun with Slaws. What right. was the initial idea? Where did it start?
2: So, the idea came from uh, a few years ago. I was at work uh, bullshitting with my friends uh, and talking about all the. That's all the best ideas movies. come up that exactly. way. Exactly. Um, and uh, we talked about the sci fi movies. I think they were doing like the eighth or ninth version of sharknado or however many <laughs> versions they're doing and so i was like oh man sci-fi like what what, what are they going to do next like sl- uh, slots that become fast and become killing machines and i was like you know what i think there's something there uh so i've had that idea back pocketed for a while and then um last year is when i decided you know what i want to write a comic i've been wanting to write comics for a long time so i took uh andy schmidt's comics experience and uh, i took their one-shot class and when I was in there, I was like, you know what? Fuck it! I want to do slow pokes. Let's do slow pokes. Let's do the slots. Let's see what people think. And if it's great, you know, I'll, I'll continue it. If it's not, it's, it's something fun for me to do. Well, uh, I got so that's where the idea came from.
1: I gotta say, like, uh, the it, it's a great idea because, like, I've seen slots and they look exhausted. And it looks like you <laughs> they just stopped whatever they were doing, you know, and they're just like so wiped. And it's like, what? How could I you? Am. You know, so it makes me feel like if they did just go on a murder spree, then they're just kind of like one people. They're like, oh, we're so slow. Don't don't look over here. We're so slow.
2: I feel like if if uh, life made slots fast, if slots weren't slow, they would probably fuck everybody up. They got long yeah. claws. Yeah. They look, they look super crepe, creepy. and Yeah. Crazy. So I feel like you're correct in that assumption.
0: Yeah, I almost thought it was interesting to hear you tell the story because as soon as you saw the concept and particularly the art, you have these great t shirts of just a sloth clawing at the screen, blood coming off of it. I was like, all right, they do have terrifying claws. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, so that, that poster was made by uh, Vertebrae33, who's an artist based out of the Northeast, and he's awesome and he did a great job with it. Great.
0: So talk us through this a little bit, this idea of uh, sloths going around and killing people. How, without spoiling too much of the concept or what happens to the book, uh, why? What, why, <laughs> does, why does
2: this happen? So obviously, I mean, not obviously, but uh, so in the, in the comic, uh, it's, it's based around a scientist named Eden Rare who owns a lab facility and she basically makes, wants to make sloths fast to save the species Ooh. so you know it'll help up the breeding it'll ramp up the breeding process and you know hopefully help out the species well that goes wrong obviously and then everything goes crazy and they start becoming murderous uh and go on a rampage against all the teenagers
0: awesome uh i just want to mention not to interrupt the conversation here but over on youtube anthony latch says i just backed slow so there you go comic Thank book club bump <laughs> The classic comic book club bump happening in real time. Uh, You also, in in our long tradition of having successful Kickstarters on the show, uh, you have 31 days to go, and you've already made more than double the money you need. At this point... Confer- yes, congratulations! Uh, but what is that going towards? What What are your scratch goals? What are you looking to do now that you do have these additional funds? Is this something that's you know, specifically towards this issue, or are you looking to expand the Slowpokes franchise?
2: I'm going to buy a Maserati. No, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine if (laughs) you
0: put that on Kickstarter, they're always like, be very upfront with what your costs are. All this this
2: this sloth money is going towards my wildest dreams. (laughs) Uh, Well, it is going towards my wildest dreams, but it's going towards uh, future comic book projects. So this is my first ever, uh, I guess, original comic that I've ever done. So I wanted to take this money and just use it towards building my next project. Um, I would love to do another slowpokes. I believe another slowpokes is on the table after after this, but it might not be the the one directly after it. It might be mm. the one after the next project that I'm thinking about working
1: on. Well, it's a great idea, man. So congrats. I mean, that's just such a fun title, and it's really well drawn. It all really clicks nicely.
2: Thank you very much. Um, I I appreciate it. Like everybody did such a great job with it. Um, I hope people like it. Um, I'm trying. I was just trying to have as much fun as I possibly can with it because since it's my first one, it's like, why not? Why not have the most fun I can have? And, and just, I hope people have fun with, uh, have fun reading it as well.
0: Well, yeah. let me ask you another question that about the title, which I thought was interesting and not undeserved, but, uh, you branded it as Steve arena's Slowpokes. given that this is your first title out of the gate. Why throw your name in there?
2: Uh, just for legal reasons. So I, I went oh, okay. through a lawyer to have, um, that to, to like copyright everything just to make sure like if i want to use it in the future to do it so i was like all right well i'll put my name on it just in case slowpokes can't clear steve uranus slowpokes will probably have a better chance of clearing than just regular slowpokes but luckily gotcha. yeah smart just, just a just to have it. It's not, it's not like, oh, it's my comic. No, no. Like, <laughs> I, just I just like to see my sure. name and things. <laughs> I just want to know. see my name on everything. Everybody knows <laughs> yeah. this is You
0: just, over like, time, the, your name starts getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's <and slow laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't turn it
2: uh, into But yeah, Trump, just, just more for, for legal reasons. And, um, you know, if people want to pelt garbage at me, if they think this is the worst idea ever, they can come <laughs> find me. They don't have to blame the <laughs> artist or anybody else that worked on this.
0: Uh, I don't know how comfortable you feel like this, but do you have a favorite sloth kill in the comic book Ooh, that you can tease? Yeah.
2: I, you know what? I could give you one. So as a kid growing up, um, I'm from New Jersey and mm-hmm. we had, uh, the Gravitron. I don't know if you've ever seen this, like, in the, oh, like yeah, whenever, oh, yeah. whenever, whenever yes. there's like a makeshift carnival there, you always yeah. see the Gravitron. I was like, I got to go on that. So in the wow. comics, the, the Gravitron does make an appearance and somebody does get blended, basically, with the sloth in there, and like a blender gets cut up. So oh, the art is very brutal, and it's it's awesome. And I, I put it down on paper. I was like, "All right, gravitron kill. Let's see what let's see where this <laughs> goes." And the art <laughs> and one did a, a great job with it. Wow.
0: I love that because that was one of my number one fears in the gravitron. Not, <laughs> yeah, not the sloth part necessarily. Blended, <laughs> uh, the, absolutely, yeah. I would not go on that thing. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, it was fun, Pete. You should have done it.
2: Nope. <laughs> so I, I am deathly afraid of rides and um last year we went to Disney and I went on Tower of Terror for the first time uh, I think ever in my life. And um I got so scared that in the picture I'll have to send it to you guys at some point. I locked arms with my two best friends like I was like they were going to help me not fall. <laughs> but in oh. in the in the picture it's just me going like, ah. oh wow.
0: Uh. <laughs> Oh, man, they. this is also very off-topic, but they just announced there's this new Velociraptor Jurassic World ride tying into awesome. our first interview here uh, coming to Universal Studios next year. Awesome. And I was just like, that sounds, A, terrifying to me because <laughs> yeah. I do not like the Velociraptors, but, B, just the very idea of, like, oh, I want to go to a
2: theme park where there's people. I don't yeah. care.
0: Put me on the ride. It's
2: fine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man. Like, even though I'm definitely afraid of rides, like, just going to feel that atmosphere of everybody walking around and like, it's, it's I miss, everybody misses it. Everybody misses how life used to be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, t- this is basically the, the longest haunted house ever, the quarantine ride. <laughs> oh, the that's
0: that's actually a very True. sweet and pleasant <laughs> way of putting it. I really like that a lot. <laughs> that uh, that I, I have another question for you here. Uh, this is actually my question based on a comment from YouTube. Sure. Uh, so this guy who pledged, uh, said that he pledged the kill option for Kickstarter and went all in on that tier. What's the kill option?
2: So the kill option is uh, the highest tier. And if you pledge uh the highest tier, you will get killed in a future edition of Slowpoke. Oh, wow. that's awesome. So and, and that's, that's the, the greatest. Also, so in, in the beginning, um, it was a lot of my friends who were doing that. So I was like, okay. And then people outside of my friend world, I was like, all right, I guess there's gonna be a Slowpoke too. And my dad, who is uh, Dominican and um has the accent and all that stuff, he pledged because he was trying to he didn't he has no idea what this is. Like he's just like what are you talking about? <laughs> but uh he pledged me back that option and he didn't realize like what it was. And I go, I can't wait to murder you, dad. And he's oh. like, Oh, Stephen! Oh. Oh, you're so funny, but I cannot wait to murder him. So <laughs> <to do it. laughs>
0: uh, that's great. Uh, so you have a while left on this Kickstarter at this point. I think there's 31 days at the point that yeah, we're taping so this so right so now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. 31 uh, days uh, on Thursday, it starts Slowpokes uh, slow pokes month that we're going to do. We're going to kick off slow pokes month with, uh, we have the slow pokes official theme song, by singer uh, and best friend of mine, Blake Rains. He sang a song I posted on our Instagram and Twitter, a little sample of it. So Thursday we'll be releasing the full song.
0: Amazing. I can't wait to hear that. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Good luck with the Kickstarter. Sure.
2: I'll be Uh, sure to send you guys a review copy. Uh, Yes. Oh, Oh, please do. Yeah, I cannot
1: wait, man. It really looks great. All All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Take care, yourself.
0: All right, Steve Arena, everybody, once again, with Slow Pokes. That's on Kickstarter right now for the next month. Uh, it is successful, uh, but there's some great swag. I really War- did that uh, That shirt. a yeah. Very nice painting of a sloth attacking somebody. I'd wear I that. mean, what a
1: fun idea. You know, just, you know, what if sloths were just murderous and crazed animals? It's, and then they let them loose. It's It's really fun over-the-top stuff.
0: I tell you what. If I ever go to a zoo again, I'm going to think twice about visiting the sloths. Yeah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. I will not do it. All right. You know what I will do though is go to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. And for audience questions, you can ask it in two ways. Over on YouTube, the tube, as we call it, just drop your question in the comments. If you're over on Crowdcast, I see a bunch of questions already and ask a question, and we'll go through them. They can be about anything. No topic is off limits, whether it's healthcare. We're going to talk Shut about up. the climate. They're not going to do up. it on the debates. We're going to talk about climate change. It is drinking, real, asshole? Pete. What, what am you I drinking? Drink? Yeah. Uh, you know, I decided to go, like, classic this week because I was getting too fancy with my beers. I just got of too-hearted. Um, That's okay. it. it makes sorry. me feel good to have a nice IPA. And honestly, that was the beer that was on tap at the bar near the pit where we used to perform when live shows happened. Oh, man. So it fondly recalls times after shows there. Pond what about you, Pete?
1: Um, uh, well, all that talk about uh, Doritas, you know, I had to go back <laughs> to my V-Do Oh, uh,
0: to uh, So, uh, this is a little bit of a pluggy plug, but uh, you folks have been asking when our Umbrella Academy podcast is going to come back, Umbrella Podcademy, uh, and it is coming back this Thursday. We taped two episodes over the weekend. So do we? This th- uh, I think so. Oh, man. Crazy, right? We over actually taped weekend. three podcasts over the weekend. It was a wild time. Man, uh, a wild but, time. yeah, we have uh, the penultimate episode is coming back. This week has a fair amount of talk about duaritas in it, uh, and then we have the final episode is going to post next week, next Thursday. Um, Also, strangely, more talk about (laughs) duaritas.
1: But we did this weekend. We talked about duaritas
0: nice uh we uh we got a question here on youtube i'll start with this one from lion man or maybe maybe more of a comment uh kind of off topic but i'm playing the new avengers game as i'm listening to you guys i just picked it up for xbox i highly recommend it for any marvel gamers out there uh interesting have you i know you're we're not much gamers right. but have you had any interest in checking not the, out this event the most gamer of us, hardcore gamer well, I don't hardcore. know about hardcore, but he games. He's on Fortnite all the time. He he's was there not... for the Travis Scott concert. He was wow. there for another thing. What are you talking about? I don't um, know. He's, he's a Switch guy. He's got the Nintendo Switch. Yes, I played Breath of the Wild with my son. All right, I'm a hardcore gamer as well. All right, dude. Whatever. I am interested in that Avengers game though. It looks really good, and it I'm does excited. Look I after they announced the PS5, my wife works at Sony. And I saw the Miles Morales game, and I was like, hey, you can get us a PS5, right? And she's like, no, I definitely can. And I was like, okay, but what's the discount like? (laughs) Classic selves. What's that discount, though? Yeah, gotta get me that discount. Come Come on. on. Come on. Uh, First question here on Crowdcast from Joe. What's y'all's y'all's feeling on wearing underwear outside the clothes? Would you do it if you had the confidence and desire to pull off such a look? Uh, I know this is a reference to an ongoing conversation (laughs) in our Patreon Slack. Uh, I will say, first of all, not to sidestep the question, but if I was interested and had the confidence to do it, I'd probably do it, right? Right. Right. But let's say, generally speaking, what do you think about underwear
1: outside of clothes? I mean, sometimes... On superheroes. Oh, on superheroes. Um, Right. Well, that changes (laughs) it completely. I don't know, man. If it helps you fight people, go, go nuts, man. Whatever. You know, yeah. as long as you're on the the right side, you know, if you're fighting for the good people, if you're, you know, trying to right mm-hmm. wrongs and fighting justice, then fucking wear your underwear however you want. Uh, I will say that I don't know if it's that
0: uh, we've been reading Superman our entire life. Oh my god, Pete, uh, reading Superman our entire lives, what? but. What, you just pulled out an enormous bottle of absolute vodka? Yeah. And for those listening on the podcast, Pete chugs it just now leaving Las Vegas style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a fun picture you just painted in my skull. <laughs> uh, but Superhead,
0: we've seen him with his underwear outside the entire time. So when you don't see him that way, it looks weirded off to me. But I don't know if that's because of the design or What's because that? that's what I'm not used to.
1: Did Slack start this because uh, uh, Scott Snyder posting that picture of him as a kid with his underwear on the no, outside? No,
0: I think it just has generally to do with, like, the ongoing costumes conversation. Okay. Uh, yeah, Stray Bullet and Joe always argue about it.
1: Well, Stray um, and Joe like to go back and forth on things. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, people. let's
0: get to another question here on the tube from Nelson Martinez. Who wins in a fight, Negan from Walking Dead or Billy Butcher from The Boys? Ooh, a good old-fashioned fight question. I'm going to have to go with Butcher on that. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that, Pete?
1: I feel like he's harder than Negan.
0: He is. He would definitely have more planning, but I don't know. Like, pure strength, if it was just plop them in a place and they go head-to-head, it, particularly if, like, Negan has Lucille—
1: I don't maybe Negan could take it, I think. I don't know, man. Like Butcher's going up against soups. You know what I mean? Neggs is just battling slow ass zombies. I'm not that I will
0: say, and this is a total coincidence, but uh I'm wearing Ooh, look at that. I'm wearing my Negan shirt today, actually. Oh, and my yeah. baseball shirt, of course, because of the uh Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh great, but good question there. Uh that definitely would be a close one. Uh this is from Kevin. Since tonight we've had sloths and wolves, what are favorite animals in comics? Specific
1: characters, not species. Huh. So you couldn't say two owls fucking, right? You probably couldn't say that doesn't fit the criteria. Again, these are uh, children's
0: Harry Potter owls behind Well me. then why you got one fuck and the other out
1: <laughs> <else>, All right. <laughs> They're so in love, awful. man. They're in it's love.
0: About- We're trying to do a show. Oh, yeah. Come, Come on, on <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: I'll it's say frog. To, it's hard to be serious with you when you got that going on in the background. Come on! Also, Harvey Dent
0: is there. He's just the watching seat. them fuck. He's just watching themselves <laughs> fuck. Just like in the comics, he's like, uh, goddamn <laughs> court of vowels. they're always fucking each other. <laughs> uh yeah. Frog Thor! That's my first thought. I love Frog Thor. That's just a fun character. Good old Throg. What about you, Pete? Uh, Black Panther. <laughs> That's—he's not an animal. Though. Yeah, kind of is a little bit though. No, he's not though.
1: Uh, okay. What about Lockjaw? You like Lockjaw? I like Lockjaw. Lockjaw is one of my favorites. I, I love any type of—I mean, most animal. Uh, crypto wasn't my favorite, but like most any uh, dog that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a sidekick. I mean, talk about the Batman stuff.
0: Bat Cow is pretty fun.
1: Yeah, Batman's dog. There was that one emotional episode where it got y'all teared up about his dog. That was amazing. Mm. Uh, but I would say my favorite kind of animal uh, speaking of wolves is Timber from G.I. Joe. Snake oh, okay. Eyes. Wolf. Not the Kesha song. No. Okay. Not the Kesha song. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh question, <laughs> uh
0: question here from uh, The Tube. Uh, first of all, Agitato asked, did somebody say there was going to be a, P- a PS5 giveaway? The answer is
1: no. I'm sorry. No, uh, he even did... married somebody to try to get a free PS5 and it didn't work. So no yeah, giveaways I'm... here, sir. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to watch the
0: debates and then I'm going to sign the divorce papers. Uh, Ramsey Hassan says, Huge fan of the boys' show, but do you guys think it's low-key sexist that Homelander's sociopathic evil is being discussed as less bad as Stormfront's calculated bigotry? I hope he isn't redeemed via her. Uh, This is a good question, that if you haven't been watching the second season. uh, Spoilers, but they've been dealing with pretty heavily. What's your take on it, Pete?
1: Well, I mean that's that would really suck if that happened. I mean it's uh, racism is fucking shitty and like, Homelander associating himself with this kind of like Aryan bullshit when he's already kind of a crazy bad person, uh, it's worse on worse. I hope it's not some kind of uh, way back. Uh, I, I I don't want to. It's just awful. I don't like any of it.
0: We've talked about this a lot on the boys podcast. Let's hear it for the boys now on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, and the app of your choice. But I do think they've done a good job of explaining homelanders behavior without excusing it necessarily. Like they've taken you into his psyche. You understand why he is the way he is. There are even times when you feel bad for him, but he's certainly not redeemed. There's no coming back from the things that he has done on the show. And again, I think they've been doing a very nuanced job, like Ramsey points to here, in showing the difference between Stormfront's racism, which is based in Nazism, versus uh, Homelander's evil, which is based in him being a sociopath. Like, they're two different sources. One isn't necessarily worse or better than the other. They're just different. And... I think that's a very smart thing to do. You know, normally shows are like evil is evil and good is good. And sometimes there's gray and, you know, the villain will be like, we're the same, you and I. But here they're showing us two very different sides and two very different angles on evil uh, while not necessarily saying one is bad and one is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but good question. Uh, and good season of the show so far. Uh, this is from Pablo D. Martinez. What's your favorite comic book featuring werewolves and why? Obviously Superman and Batman versus vampires and werewolves. One of our favorites here on the show that we talk about oh, oh all God. the time.
1: Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a, a, a sucker for any time there's werewolves involved. But um, I'm trying to think of anything... I'm really not coming up with anything that has, like, that's been like, oh, man, that was a great werewolf tale.
0: The only werewolf I'm thinking about right now is the werewolf from Nightmare Before Christmas, for whatever reason, and that's oh, not wow. a comic book. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, I'll yeah. tell you, uh, Ben the Border Collar says, Ascender has werewolves, I think. I think probably they have most fantasy creatures in that book. Uh, Joe says, Colonel John Jameson, I'll tell you what, never been really into that. They never really worked for me. Having Spider-Man go up against a werewolf.
1: I'm going to say fables. Hmm.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Big B. That's a good one. I like that. I'm going to steal that answer too. Uh, this is a lion man over on the tube pandemic question. Do you guys wear any cool masks? I got a cool captain America mask. that's all black with a shield on the front and got another one with the death of Superman symbol on it. Oh, that's, that's hardcore. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That is badass. Uh, uh, what about you, Pete? Got any cool masks?
1: Uh, when I got the, uh, black lives matter, uh, punisher shirt, uh, it came with a cool Black Lives Matter... Uh, what is the Black Lives Matter Punisher shirt? Well, uh, the guy uh, who created it, Jerry, uh, was trying to take back the Punisher symbol ah, because it's used okay. so much by cops and other people who are out there doing bad that he was trying to be like, hey, 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 let's kind of uh, you know take this back a little bit and not have it associated with those kinds of things. So... He was putting, you know, uh, had different artists put Black Lives Matter art uh, with the Punisher symbol. Oh, wow. That's
0: pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I haven't got any cool ones uh, yet. There's a store a couple of blocks away from me that has a bunch of comic book wheelings like a Spider-Man mask and other things. I keep thinking about getting them, but I have a lot of masks at this point. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if I need another one,
1: but I don't know.
0: We'll, We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get like a Joker smile or
1: something like that. Also, there's a weird part of me that's like, oh, it's going to end soon. I don't want to spend money. Right? But it's not. (laughs) Fuck me!
0: Uh, From I Wonder Woman, I wonder why do real-world critics of Batman treat him as if he's a billionaire that exists in the real world instead of the fantasy world in which billionaires are not all objectively terrible?
1: Well, I think people relate to things and try to put things in the real world and you know, their kind of saying is that he beats up, uh, you know, uh, people who are criminals because they're living in Gotham and just trying to make a living or whatever and it seems like an abuse of power, which is happening right now and people are kind of upset. So I understand why they're doing that, but I also understand why someone would be like, hey, this is a comic book and not real life. So... The slow you
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's a constant thing with everything, comic books, and everybody has their own line about everything, where it's like, everybody reaches a point at some point where they're like, chill the fuck out, it's a comic book, you know? But everybody has a very different bar for that, and for some people, it's Batman as a billionaire when they want to argue about stuff. For some people, it's like, Superman shoots laser out of his eyes, what are you getting so upset about? Um And for some people, it's like Punisher couldn't, you know, wander around, shoot people with impunity all the time. So, again, we all have our own levels with that stuff. And I think people try to be funny or cute or, you know, super smart with the Batman billionaire stuff. And it doesn't always work out because to the point, um, it's a comic book. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he he's not even actually a billionaire. He is a guy with an unlimited amount of money. You know, yeah. he is beyond that. So
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Uh so there you go. Uh and there's no the, way, like the amount of nights that he's out, there's no way he could help run a business and also fight crime every night. I mean, there's just exactly be bleeding
0: money. This is my problem with kings in comic books like Doctor Doom and Black Panther. They got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff. How do they have all this free time, you know? Yeah. A uh, question here from YouTube. Agitato says, have we worked in a suckin' on a cheesesteak soundbite yet?
1: I uh, know why somebody said that.
0: I 100% guarantee Agitato no. said that over on YouTube. Have we worked that in yet, Pete? No. No, we haven't. Okay. And we shouldn't fall for such blatant pandering to the base, right? Hit the fucking button, you asshole. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. Let's go on to the next question. All right. The next question is
1: Sucking on a cheese yeah, steak. I knew you were gonna do it. I <laughs> knew you were gonna you do it. Feel it. it. You can feel it in your bones. Even John George did... <laughs> John did. Oh
0: boy. Uh Ben the Border Carly says Barry Fuck Kill CBC edition. Well, I'm definitely not well. gonna kill myself. What are we referring to here? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll throw that one out just to the comments. You guys
1: can argue about marrying fuck hell uh, with me, and, uh, Pete and Justin. It really depends on what you're into. What's nice is it's three different personalities, so you know you're gonna you're gonna walk away happy. Yeah, Pete, I would kill you and
0: then fuck you and then bury you. <laughs> <try. my. laughs> Uh, here we go Man. from Pablo again. Uh, have you, you guys put read a ring uh, on it first? <laughs> you're already married to Justin, you're Jedi married. Uh, uh right. you get ga- have you guys read Elf Quest, a classic comic about elves and wolves and monsters? Yes, we have. Great. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> we liked Elf Quest. Wait, d- is it just me? Have you read Elf Quest? No, I actually haven't read Elf Quest, is one of those ones that I always saw. As a kid, uh, I remember reading Yeah, I always saw it in stores, and I always saw ads for it in Marvel Comics, and I was like, what is this? Oh, what? You're going to be all judgy
1: about ElfQuest?
0: I just didn't understand. I was like, I've read Lord of the Rings.
1: What's Elf's going on a quest? What's to understand?
0: I guess. I don't know. It never really it never really got me. Maybe it's great. You've got Maybe weird lines in the sand, man. Yeah. It is. Uh, This is another one from, uh, oh, Anthony Latch. Are both of Harvey's faces watching The Owl Lovin'? This is uh, (laughs) Harvey Bullock. It's not Harvey Dent. Yeah. It's it's Harvey Bullock. They're two different Harveys. (laughs) So just his one face. And it's actually Harvey Bullock
1: from Gotham. You should maybe, before next show, you know, maybe separate those two a little bit, you know, because it's hard not to look. I'll tell you what, one of them
0: has a very deep hole, and I'm oh. not going to explain that any further. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, you're the worst. Uh, from Nick Kelly, how do you feel about Matt Wagner's Mage series? What are some of your favorite, more autobiographical comics?
1: Um, I'll tell you. I'm I, sorry. With your accent, I couldn't understand what you said. Did you say Mage? My accent? Yeah. You were, you were like, his Mage series. I don't know what happened. You kind of just. Oh, okay. Yes, Mage. Oh, okay, cool. Not Midge. Mage.
0: Midge. Midge. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I kind of missed Mage originally, but I read the sequel series that he re- recently did, uh, which was
1: great. I thought it was really good. Uh, Pete, what do you think about Mage? I, don't, I haven't checked out Mage, I don't think. Um, oh, no, we reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah is... We read
0: several of the recent issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I like that. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, Grendel was my favorite uh, thing that he's done. Yeah, that was good stuff. And for autobiographical well, also, comics... Uh Mask of Zorro was really great that he mm. did as well. I really liked it.
0: Uh, for autobiographical comics, I'll bring up the stuff that I always bring up on the show, but Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson, which is not autobiographical, but it's close enough. Uh, and Can't Get Now by Rick Veitch, which, again, not exactly autobiographical, but... Uh, Channels the feelings of New York after 9-11 in a really specific way. Uh, Those are two very realistic comics that really have stuck with me.
1: What about you, Pete? I mean, uh, Too Cool to Be Forgotten is Mm. uh, Alex Mm -hmm. Robinson's uh, favorite of mine. It always gets me choked up. Uh, Yeah, what's nice is usually when it's autobiographical, there's a lot of heart in it. Uh, It's usually pretty touching. Um, Yeah, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Uh, yeah. A couple of comments. Uh,
0: this is, you know, we said we weren't going to do debate stuff. Well, we said we were going to do debate stuff. And uh, let's keep talking about this pandemic. Lineman says, I just listened to the newest Science Rules with Bill Nye, the Science Guy, as the host. And he had on an epidemiologist uh, who said that you will be wearing your mask all into next year. Even after the vaccine, they say that you will still be able to infect someone else from the virus being in your nose, even though you have an immune response. So get a cool mask, I guess. Uh, that. Sounds okay. about right to me, I think, just to keep all it right, safe. All right. all right. I'll, guess I'll have to, uh, get a Get a cool mask. Masks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can get a Taskmaster mask, and just like a, like a skeleton man. Mike Benecke says, What zoo animals do you fear worst if they get organized in a bloodthirsty manner? Ooh, good question.
1: What zoo animals I fear the worst? You just I'm sorry, the I'm, mentally, yeah, I'm mentally walking around the zoo right now. I'm like, okay, okay. giraffe,
0: no. Okay, I'll, I'll throw one out at you. Do you. Have you ever seen the tree mice? That It's like you go over to the tank. It's usually a tank, not like a cage. And there's like a little bush. It looks like wheat. And when you look closer, you realize it's full of tiny mice. Oh, God. Yeah, it's kind of horrifying but fascinating.
1: But I feel like if they organized, that would be bad. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Polar bear would be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of scary shit, man. You know, yeah. I can't really go in those like snake caves. Fuck that! <laughs> at the zoo, or just a yeah, girl? at the zoo. Like they go, okay. they're like, oh, go to this dark area where we got some glass and it's mm-hmm. very poorly lit.
0: I'll tell you, we got uh, tickets because you have to get uh, timed tickets now to go to the zoo on Saturday. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go inside or anything like that, but certainly, like, I feel like it would be extra scary right now because you don't know who would be standing next to you in the dark like that. Dude, I don't know why you would go to a zoo after the conversations we've been having. I'm trying to organize the tree mice. I think I explained that pretty clearly.
1: All right. Well, good luck, man. I hope you don't die. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, if uh, you die, though, I'm going to say at your funeral, that was a dumb idea to do that. <laughs> yes.
0: Birkat PhD points out I am the leader of the tree mice. This is correct. Uh, and first, stand up guy adds tree mice or antifa. Uh, that's also correct. Uh, we have a great amount also, of funding as Also, he you kind of look like the
1: leader. So.
0: Oh, thank you. using Hernandez says, What slow-moving creature would you rather be brutally slaughtered by? This is getting very dark in here. <laughs>
1: slow-moving creature i mean i'll tell you i i I I don't keep plugging it oh uh, go ahead pete my nightmare would be turtles because i love turtles and i think Mm. they're amazing so like if i died by a slow-moving turtle i think that Mm -hmm. would be like the worst i had a turtle when i was growing up
0: his name was jeremy which i know is not a very good name for a turtle no Um, jeremy hated me Absolutely hated me. And whenever I would try to clean a shell because they got a lot of algae out of the shell, he would just bite my fingers constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time.
1: Oh, good for you,
0: Jeremy. <laughs> I gave Jeremy away. There no, I you bet go. You did. Uh, great question here from firsthand. hand up did guy. Hate you? What did you do to Jeremy? What did I do? Oh, I actually, I gave uh, Jeremy away to a local science museum. Uh, there was an outdoor... Oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the exact name of it, but near there was a science preserve. Like, they had places for animals, uh, and they had a science museum. I went through a camp there a couple of times. Uh, and I came back a year later, and I don't know if people know this, but turtles actually grow to the size of their enclosure. So this won't help with the audio podcast, but originally, Jeremy was probably about, like eight inches long or something like that. When I came back and visited him, he was near a little pond a year later, and he was probably about two to three feet long. It was insane.
1: Was he still a dick to you?
0: He bit my whole hand
1: off. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy's my favorite.
0: Yeah. Uh, First hand up guy wants to know, could Alex please list his 10 favorite baseball teams? I'll tell you not. I only need one. The Mets.
1: Oh, come on. Mets. Meet the Mets! Man. Meet the Mets! Of course, come on fan. down and meet the Mets! Why are you a Mets fan? You're not, you don't live in Queens. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Well, I'll tell you, I
0: uh, Mets has been the only team of anything that I uh, not religiously follow but ever followed with any consistency because. When I was growing up, a friend of mine named Josh, his dad had season tickets to the Mets. Okay. So I would hang out to jo- Josh, and we would go see the Mets all the time. And I had a great time doing it. What was your
1: favorite thing to eat at the ballpark? Pizza rolls. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I love it. Not even a pu- Pizza rolls. No,
0: I, I went to uh, Wegman's. And they had Aww. pizza rolls there. And it was like the pizza rolls with tiny little chunks of pepperoni in it. And for anybody wondering, these aren't like Totina's, Totina's little nugget things. These are like an egg roll that's full of cheese and sauce and like tiny little chunks of pepperoni. And I ate... Uh, the pizza roll at Wegmans because I saw it and I just was transported oh,
1: yeah. back Wegmans. in time.
0: It was the best thing. Wegmans is glorious. But yeah, I haven't followed it in a while, but I legitimately, I know I make fun of sports, but I legitimately like followed the bets pretty much mostly through college and then a bit after college before I got onto other things. Uh, wow. So there you go. Real answer. Uh, this is from uh <laughs> Agitato says, just reading a couple of other comments here. Uh, Anthony Latch says, I went to college with Jeremy the turtle and he told me about this asshole named Alex that you... <laughs> uh, Agitator says, my baby son bites my fingers all the time. Makes me wonder if my wife was cheating on me with a turtle now. Uh, gotta look into that, man. Uh, Nelson Martinez, out of any events you can go to, which are the ones you guys are doing first? I can't wait to safely go to a theater again. I've seen this going around a lot on Twitter as well. Like, Everything was lifted. It's totally safe tomorrow. What's the first thing you do?
1: I'm going to a bar. Yeah. Oh. Just get just yourself, a, yourself a get yourself a real again.
0: artisanal Mountain Dew and vodka.
1: Oh, I just want to get drunk at a bar again. Sorry, my mic dropped. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, yours? Yours? I was
0: so excited, my bike dropped. Uh, movie theater for me. I yep. I am definitely never going to a movie theater until it's one hundred percent safe. But man, uh, that would be great. That would be very nice. Uh, Joe says wrestling show. Uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. But the three of us, including Justin, went to a wrestling show like uh, slightly too far into the pandemic, yep. which is very weird. A little bit, and it was just the a- Yeah, a little little too much. Uh, Here we go. A couple more questions here uh, from Hollywood Homer. Favorite movie or TV series comic book? Ooh. So favorite movie or TV series comic book? I will say old school Star Wars from Marvel. I think the new ones are great as well, but there was something about the old ones that were like coming out at the same time of the movies. I always remember how they just segued really nicely into, and then out of, I think it was empire strikes back that I just thought was so cool.
1: What about you, Pete? I mean, there's a ton of great, like, uh, like GI Joe has been phenomenal. Um, you know, the teenage mutant Ninja turtle stuff lately has been phenomenal. Uh, The Rick and Morty comics are great. There's a ton of great, like, TV show stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other ones. But, yeah, I mean, I like the old school stuff.
0: Yeah, there was also this old, I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, but there was this old Krull adaptation oh, that I used to read over and over. And then I tried watching the movie one time, and I was like, this is boring. Oh, <laughs> Went God. back
1: to reading the comic book. <laughs> I read that. I watched the movie first. It was not boring. It was a cyclops in there that was unbelievable. Well, it was. One, it's one of those movies like. with all the blades on it. Come on! It has the 80s
0: pacing to it where it's just a little too slow and there's something about that that just gives me a headache when I'm watching it. It's just the anticipation of like, go a little bit faster! What are you doing? Where the uh, comic book I could read uh, very quickly, go at my own pace. There you go. Uh, Here we go from Jay Sinison. Based on the Tatiana Maslany discussion last week, are there any characters that you think would benefit from having a strong comedic actor playing them. Mm-mm.
1: Well, there's a lot. I mean, Jon Favreau proved that like bringing comedy to Marvel is the way to kind of go. And mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of like great choices that kind of brought out the natural comedy and characters. I mean, Chris Pratt's version of Starman is great. Star Lord. Um, or- Sorry, Star Lord. Yeah. It's all right. It's your first time reading comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading that, what First Hand Upside Guy said about Justin would say Adventure Time, and then I was trying to talk at the same time. Um, gotcha. But, anyways, yeah, I think, um, I mean, Paul Rudd killed it with Ant Man in a way that I didn't see coming. Um, yeah. I do think a lot of accomplished
0: comedic actors can do drama in a way that, weirdly, when you think about it, I don't think it's specifically tied to Marvel movies, but around 10 years ago, I don't think people accepted that or understood that. Like, they didn't see that in the same way, where there was very much this divide. And now, it feels like, probably because TV and movies have become a murky divide as well, there's been a lot of moving back and forth. Um, So,
1: Robin Williams destroyed it as a dramatic actor.
0: Totally. It happened before, but there was always this, like, comedy is a ghetto, drama is the real thing that you gotta do, and now there's so much more fluidity there. I'm thinking about I don't know if anybody's watched the new uh, season of Fargo, but, like, Chris Rock on there, he's not funny at all. He's very serious on that show, uh, and he's doing a great job. So, you know, I think... Um, I don't know. I, I'm sort of forgetting the original question here at this point, um, but I think almost anything would benefit from having a strong comedic actor play them because you get that sense of timing. You timing.
1: Know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> timing.
1: <laughs> what? I was agreeing with you. Yes. And no, it was funny. So fuck you. <laughs>
0: uh, another question here from yeah, YouTube. The
1: uh, first up guy brought this thing uh, that I want to kind of talk about. He was like, you know, Alex and Pete uh fighting over where to sit in a movie theater. And I just wanted to say that shit drives me nuts. So much so that when Justin wanted to uh see a movie with me on my birthday, I was like, why don't we go see separate movies so mm-hmm. we can enjoy the movie how we want to because where you sit, whether you go when it's packed for a certain movie theater or you want to be by yourself and enjoy something, that shit's very important to me in the movie theater because I don't want to be there. I want to be in the movie. I want to be lost in the movie. So, like, that shit is way too important to me.
0: Uh, Another question here on YouTube from Ramsey Hassan. What development in comics do you think would have surprised the Pulp Secret Era Comic Book Club about today, or was it inevitable? LOL. Um, I mean, uh, this sounds probably kind of crazy to say, but on the similar discussion to what we were just talking about, just how mainstream nerd culture has become and how much it's won, not necessarily in a good way across the board, but, like, we talk about all the time that when I called you and Justin out on having Midtown Comics bags, there was a certain embarrassment to that. Yeah, we
1: both reacted in the same way, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And even, you know...
0: Totally, but even when we were doing the Pulp Secret shows, it was the same sort of thing where it was, like, this very... It was it was blowing up pretty quickly, but like it was the you know to use a timeline of like The Walking Dead, that's a decade old at this point. And I remember, I don't know that this was a specific moment where I was like, oh, right, this is mainstream now." But going to San Diego Comic Con and seeing a massive party for The Walking Dead that had taken over an entire huge enormous block wide parking lot with just flashing lights and everybody wanting to get in. It was like, wow, well, this is this is mainstream now. This is this is what this is. Like this would not have
1: happened 10 years prior and it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy like, you know, in school I got beat up for being a nerd, you know, and shunned for the things that I liked. So it's like crazy to me when you when it's so in the light and so mainstream that it's just kind of blows my mind i would yeah. if i had and we time still opinion,
0: bully you all the time of the show too so yeah it's not different different much has changed
1: of, yeah yeah it's a different kind of bullying yeah now, i can't live <laughs> it or outrun it i guess even doing a nerdy show isn't enough for you fucks uh, a
0: couple of more questions here, and then we can start to wrap this up from Pablo de Martinez. Marvel has pushed back their movie slate to next year to almost the exact release dates uh, that were supposed to be this year. Are you guys bummed by that latest development? I mean, I feel like the way that he phrased it, it's
1: kind of like we get a uh, skip year, right? Like yeah. A... This year doesn't count. Um, right. No. It, yeah. Of course it's, it's very, uh, very upsetting and it sucks, but it, as Zalbin was saying, that's, I don't want to gamble my life to go see a movie uh, as much as I do want to see Wonder Woman, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I don't, I don't want to die seeing Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, not to be glib about it or anything, but as bummed as I am that I have not seen new mutants because it was only in
1: theaters. Oh yeah. Which is was like, nothing
0: I, I, that is a movie I've been waiting my entire life to see. I haven't been able to see it yet. Uh, that feeling of not being able to see it is not worse than 205,000 people dying. You know, that that is a worse thing. So I'm okay, to your point, Pete, of all of the slate, move it back, cancel movies for the year, cancel TV, stop shooting things, close everything down, do whatever you can to shut down this virus because I would like to go back to living my life again. Yes. That is it. Uh, There you go. All right. Uh, Next one. uh, This is from Edward Doherty. Considering each author's respective libraries and the cultural values demonstrated by each, do you believe that Neil Gaiman and Garth Ennis would enjoy each other's company?
1: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, I would think so. On a writer's acknowledging great writers kind of thing, like, you would like to think if they were in a room, they could really talk each other's ear off or share stories. Um, but yeah, I mean, having talked with Garth Ennis, uh, he's a tough cookie. Like you have to kind of prove your chops to be able to kind of talk with him a little bit. Um, so he is a little bit kind of like guarded in that way. So I don't know if that would kind of, uh, make Neil Gaiman feel a little bit off putted or whatever, but, um, you, I would like to think the two of them in a room, uh, they would be drunk and laughing and having a great time. Yeah, I mean,
0: nothing—this is 100% nothing against you, Pete, but you're coming to it from the perspective of you were a press person in that situation. I think it was a New York Comic-Con, right, where you yeah. interviewed him? Uh, so he's already going to be kind of guarded. He— which is to pull back the curtain a little bit, clearly does not like giving interviews and is very sparse about the interviews that he gives and the amount of time he gives for the interviews. So I think that's a very different situation than Neil Gaiman and Garth Ennis, who are two comic pros, both uh, from the UK, I believe, who have been around for a really, really long time. They have stuff in common, you know? They could share trade secrets, and I think they'd be able to talk and chat, and it would just be, be just fine, would be my guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... If, you know, if I was a writer and had to do stuff and people kept asking me the same question over and over again, sure, I would be maybe a little prickly. I'm just saying that, like, maybe that's also a little bit of he's a little standoffish. So I was just, you know, if I'm in a room with him, it might be. He's not. He's just shy. He's just shy man. OK. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh,
0: here we go from uh, Miguel Angel Carhua. Sorry if I mangled your name over on YouTube. Could DC or Marvel have a streaming comic service? I was thinking maybe the new issues are available in a seven-day window, so if you like it, buy the hardcover. Um, great question. Uh, for those who don't know, this news came out recently. Uh, Marvel has their unlimited service, which uh, does thing I believe, on a six-month schedule, so they come six months later. Uh, And DC Universe, as of, I want to say, January 21st, is switching over to a new service called DC Universe Infinite, which has none of the TV and movie stuff, but is going to be basically the same sort of thing. But for DC Comics, Uh, right now, their window is a year later, they put the comics up, and then they're going to shorten it to six months. But, man, I think, I know there's all these issues with brick-and-mortar stores, Uh, And I know Archie, for example, was the first one out of the gate recently. Uh, They uh, teamed up with Comixology Unlimited, and now they're doing day and date. So their books are coming out on Comixology Unlimited for quote unquote free on the same day that they come out in stores. I wish the services would just go for it. Like, I don't think it's going to ultimately hurt anybody. There's been no data as far as I've seen to prove that having comics sold digitally actually hurts the stores. So I wish, particularly if you're going to pay like six 99 or seven 99 or whatever it is for Marvel unlimited and DC universe, infinite, just do it day and date. Just put the stuff out. It's gonna get people excited about it. And if they really like it, they'll pick up the trades. They'll pick up uh, back issues of things. The stores will just be fine. And they're a niche service anyway. You know. What, what's your take on it, Pete? I
1: don't. I don't know. Like I. I don't want to hurt comic book shops. Uh, I, they're already so in trouble right now. I just they're they're some of the greatest places to go to. Um I can't wait to be able to go into a comic book shop again. Uh, I've had so many great conversations in comic book shops. It's just uh, such a fun place to be that um, I can understand them being guarded and wanting to protect that.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I feel like it's kind of going in that direction anyway. um, This is, let's see... Uh, Mike Bedeke says, DC Universe Infinite will get digital first earlier. That's true. Things that would be going digitally will go on there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's going that way anyway. Uh, Hollywood Homer says, will you guys start polls for the shows here on Crowdcast? I'm not quite sure what that means. Pete, do you know
1: what that means? Well, I think he's saying, like, if a question comes up, maybe we create a poll, to mm. get uh, feedback. Um, Sure.
0: Yes. There you go. And we got uh, two last questions here. Uh, First hand up guy. I'm not terribly careful with the comics these days, but it's humid here in Brooklyn. What are obsessive people doing to keep their single issues in good
1: condition? It's called air conditioning and uh, people fucking do it. So the comic books have to stay at a certain, I believe it's 72 degrees uh, so that, uh, you know, they don't start sweating in the bags.
0: Yeah, Uh, sweating in the bags Uh, so they don't start sweating in a bag and also sucking on a cheesesteak. Pete? You're a fucking pander artist. It's ridiculous. Uh, I do want to mention a good follow-up comment here from Miguel. Uh, Maybe the market could grow. I live in Peru. Getting comics, it takes time, but a streaming service, I assume, uh, could reach more countries. Uh, I think that's a very good point. Um that is something, particularly because DC Universe Infinite is going in international, I believe, pretty quickly. Um, That would be a great thing to see. Uh, there we go. And last thing from Hollywood Homer, did you all ever read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing? <laughs>
1: uh, we'll cut uh, off this part of the podcast uh, yeah, for yeah. embarrassment hey, two reasons. Two models are fucking behind you. Why don't you chase that out, buddy? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell
0: you that's one of the things that's like on my list I read through yeah, me too. all of uh, Sandman which I was like oh shit I never read <laughs> all of Sandman that's crazy uh, and I was going to go into uh, reading Lucifer which I've also it turns out never really read uh, but then I started reading uh, bookie books
1: wow <laughs> so, so that's what I'm doing right now books turn,
0: sorry man I don't like kids' stuff, you know? (laughs) Fuck you. Yes. Uh, But yeah, Alan Moore, Swamp Thing, you're absolutely right. Uh, I have, however, seen Swamp Thing on DC Universe coming to the CW on October 6th.
1: Wow. Nice (laughs) little plug at the end there. No problem. DC? DC? What? Do you
0: work for DC now? You sell out? I get a, I get a nickel every time something goes well for them. Okay. All right, folks. We're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to put it over Pete LePage. Kevin? Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, he was ready. There we go. Ready should we invite him in?
1: We should. All right,
4: here Maybe we go. I will have
0: a clue for
1: his... Uh... His
0: secret quiz, <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. We're inviting Kevin in here for trivia, should take him a second. There he oh, is. Hello, hey, Kevin. oh my god,
1: oh, that's terrifying. What are you yeah. doing, Kevin? Kevin's got a sloth. <laughs> oh god, that's so creepy. How did he know? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you
0: what, this is legitimately terrifying, Kevin. For those of you listening to the audio podcast. Uh, Kevin has a sloth puppet. It is the only thing on screen right now. Wow, I'm uh, my heart is beating a little Kevin bit faster. Kevin now
1: a sloth.
0: I don't know. You know, what yeah, I mean? unclear, unclear, unclear. Uh, exactly what's I happening?
1: Killed him. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. This is creepy and well. This is well put together, Alex. I'm surprised you didn't plan this sad time. All right, uh, so Mr. Sloth, Kevin. Uh, Today's trivia is on topical comic news. Uh I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three questions right, and you will win a $25 Midtown Comics online gift card. All right, here we go. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's a real sloth. All right. Talking slow and everything. All right, question number one What comic book character is getting a podcast on Spotify called? blank unburied is it A. Grundy unburied B. Batman unburied or is it C. Tom Arnold so it's either A or it's B sloth oh go B B is correct sloth Ooh, it's going to take a while to get this done All right, question number two Who is starring in her own comic that also raises money for charity? Is it A, Julia Roberts, B, Jillian Anderson, or C, Julianne Moore? So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B. I'll go B again. Yes, B is correct. All right, last one. My best friends are B. (laughs) Fun fact. All right. Here we go. Last one. Which NFL uh, vet is attacking systematic racism with a sci-fi comic called Blank? Is it A, Fuck That Racist, B, The Trap, or C, Jeff Goldblum? So it's either A... Or it's B again. I'll go for another B. Yeah, nice job, Kevin the Sloth. And Kevin the Sloth, I don't know. Correct.
0: It's nine months. Ah, (laughs) there we go. Alright, congratulations uh, Sloth who killed Kevin. You have gotten a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com I, I, like I don't like them. I don't like them anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, shoot us an email there and you're going to get a $25 gift card. Uh, please bring Kevin back to us. Uh,
1: Bye-bye Sloth. Bye Sloth. We miss you Kev. Oh, I can't believe Kevin is Kevin's dead. Man. Yeah, man. R.I.P. Yeah, he was a hardcore fan. I mean, he's been with us for a long time. That's really sad. Well, but I'm excited about this loss, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> as we all know, tomorrow is new
0: comic book day. Go wherever is safe. That's all I'm saying. But, Pete, what are you looking forward
1: to? What's your big pick? Um, well, there's a couple. First off, I was very excited to see that Ice Cream Man number 20 is on its third printing. That makes me very excited. Um but uh, boys dear becky number 5 i'm excited about and shang chi number 1 Very oh excited.
0: yeah uh that's by jean-lun yang who we had on the show a while ago yep. um i'm excited about the department of truth number 1 from image comics by james tynion the 4 tons of hype on this book, huge hype without spoiling anything for our stack podcast uh, that's coming out tomorrow at 9am in the comic book club feed and also the stack feed I'm going to say that hype was worth it uh, and we'll probably talk about it more as well as Shang-Chi and a bunch more titles and folks, I think unless I'm wrong that is it for our show there we go, Uh, thank you all for coming out tonight, we will be back next week yeah, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate uh, all of you for listening. We also appreciate our amazing guests. We want to thank Christina Roswell and Alan McLeod from Woodland Creatures for coming on. Check out their Kickstarter in the next couple of hours, unless you're listening to this days later. In which case, don't check it out. It's done. Whoa. Steve Arena from Slow Pokes as well. Check out his Kickstarter running throughout October. And a plug for next week's Pac Show with a pair, two pairs. Of creators. We got Ali Keller and Jim Fagan from Zero Issue are going to be here, as well as Omer Spahi and Cena Grace from Getting It Together are going to be here. Um, maybe we'll sneak in a couple of questions about Ghosted in LA, which we really enjoyed as well for Cena Grace. Uh, and maybe some Jughead in Time stuff. We'll see what happens. Also, to plug, let's hear it from the boys. Our boys podcast is rounding up the end of season two, so definitely check that out. Umbrella Podcademy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, as mentioned, is coming back. This week and we're going to be running straight through Hopefully season two So stay tuned for that Patreon.com slash comic book club To support this show and the other shows that we do iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher Or the app of your choice to subscribe And listen at comic book live On twitter comic book club live.com for this podcast And more until next week Bye bye everybody Bye We support healthcare and believe in Climate change